Thank you, guys. Father, we bless you. Mm. That was an old-time song. He didn't know it a minute ago. That's good, eh? <laughs> Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. I want you to know. I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that Andy and again and I are so honoured to be with you. And I'm encouraged to see what's happening in your midst and your hunger and your love for our Jesus. It's an amazing sight. It's an amazing thing to see. It's awesome to be around people that are desperately in love with the King. Amen. Is that you that I'm talking about? Amen. So tonight, I want to challenge you with the word God's laid on my heart. And that is that you and I would position ourselves for a glorious encounter with the living God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ripe and ready to be picked. Amen. <laughs> the other day we were in um, Aiken, hey? Aiken, South Carolina, and we saw those peach groves or peach whatever you call them and, and orchards. There we go. Thank you. I was in Florida where the groves are, orange groves, peach orchards. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> and, uh, and these things are just getting ready, man, and, and soon the fruit will be on the tree, and I believe that those peaches are supposed to be mouth-watering good, amen? But uh, uh, in the same way that as, as everybody's preparing, as the farmers and everybody has anything to do with it, is preparing themselves for harvest, God is challenging His church right now to prepare themselves for a glorious encounter with the living God. I believe before God wraps this whole thing up, Jesus is going to come and manifest himself in the nations and across the face of the earth, the likes of which you and I never thought was possible. So I'm telling you today, God's saying, prepare your heart for glory. Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah, I don't know, but it excites me. You know, some of us are praying that God would show up. Some of us are praying that God would come. Some of us are praying, and the Lord says, I want you to know, as much as you desire that I reveal myself and demonstrate my authority and do, uh, reveal my power in and through you, so do I desire to do exactly the same thing. God desires to show himself. I, I want to tell you something. God can't wait, Woo, hallelujah, for his glory to be revealed in your midst. I'm telling you, there's a time coming and now is when the presence of God would manifest in our midst in ways that we never thought it would. Woo, excuse my, all my who's and I. I'm just excited when I begin to talk like that. Some of us are praying, God, show up. Please come. We're desperate to see you high and lifted up. We sing these songs. We're hungry. And God says, I see your hunger. I see your desperation. But I want you to know, as, as desperate as you are, <laughs> to see me high and lifted, so do I desire to show myself to you. So get ready for a glorious encounter. Prepare your hearts. This is not a time to sit back and lay back in your, in your lazy boy. This is a time to get on your knees, to get into his presence, to worship him, do whatever it takes, but move into that position of honor. Ready yourself. You know, when we say we're going into battle, it doesn't mean that we just sit back and we do nothing about it. We have to prepare ourselves. When the U.S. got ready to go into Iraq and all these wonderful places, let me tell you something. There was a whole lot of preparation going on behind the scenes before you even saw anything on CNN. There was a whole lot of pre pre preparation that took place in, before this encounter manifested. 
And so too in the heavenlies, God's saying there's a whole lot of preparation that is taking place throughout the nations, throughout the universe, in heaven itself, for a glorious encounter with the living God. We're about to see Jesus show up, and I don't know about you, but that's the desire of my heart. That the world will be drawn to Christ in us. There's a time coming that we're not going to have to stand on the corner of the streets with a loud halo. God's just going to come in such a powerful way that unbelievers will come streaming into our buildings and give their lives to Jesus without us even saying a single word. Thank you, brother, for that amen and for that lady. (laughs) There's a time coming that God is going to push aside all the things that we think are important and show up, hello, in such a radical way that it would take many of us by surprise to sit in the church today. The things that we consider important, God says, not important to me. The things that you place emphasis on, God says, I don't even consider them as important. I don't even put value on those things that you consider valuable. But God says, as you open your hearts, my presence would manifest in you and you will see the truth demonstrated in your heart and through you in such an amazing way that the world will see that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this is an exciting time that we're living in. This is not a time, as I said, to sit back. This is a time to prepare, to get ready, to get ready for what? To receive the glory that is already, by the way, on the inside of you demonstration of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. I believe there's a time coming. We're going to see prisons emptied. Hospitals. <laughs> We're going to see people. I'm telling you. When God, you, do you. Have you ever heard of what happened down in Argentina? When God showed up in such an amazing way, hundreds and thousands came to know Jesus Christ. Prisons began to run empty. Um, there were, the hospitals, there were people who were just being healed, delivered, set free. Just the most amazing encounters began to happen. When God shows up, I'm telling you something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Amen. I'm tired of the dry old, dry old. <sighs> just going through the process. Just going through the motions of looking good on the outside. We're all nicely dressed up, but in the inside we're as rotten and stinking. But God says, I'm busy renewing <laughs> and I'm restoring and I'm delivering and I'm setting my people free and I'm raising a standard in the hearts of those who call upon my name that will bring glory and honor to the living God. So that excites my heart. Here's a dude in, in 1 Kings chapter 18. His name is Elijah. He has a situation where he calls all the prophets of Baal and he sets them up. And he says, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to call, and this is my own words, I want you to call upon your God and do whatever it is and we're trusting that fire would come upon the altar and so they build these altars. You know the story. And uh, so the whole day, these guys go through the whole process, screaming and shouting and doing whatever the prophets of Baal did in those days. And Elijah's just sitting back and watching the spectacle. They're cutting themselves. They're doing everything. I mean, it must have been a mess to see 400 people slicing and dicing. <laughs> and, then, and for no reason whatsoever, nothing, 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 nothing. But yet they carried on slicing. And Elijah's sitting and watching the spectacle. Sets himself up. Sets them up, sets them up to see the move of the Spirit of God, the move of God in such an amazing, powerful way. When it comes to his time, late at night, he tells the people to throw water on the altar. 
He throws them to saturate this thing, to flood this thing that he had set up. And so the Bible tells us, I mean, it's soaking, soaking, soaking wet. And Elijah calls upon the name of the Lord. And in a moment, in an instant, whoo, the fire of God comes and consumes the altar. See, he set himself up for an amazing encounter. And so the Bible tells us that Israel turned and began to worship and praise God. There's another guy that I love to tell about, and that's David in 1 Samuel 18. There's a little guy. He's sitting on the fields, and all he's doing is tending his father's sheep. And then all of a sudden, he gets a, he, his father tells him, I want you to take a meal to your brothers who are facing the Philistines, and they're part of the army of Israel. And so he just goes on his way to go and deliver the meal. And when he gets nearby, he is this heathen screaming and mocking his God. And so David goes up to his brothers and those that are around him and begins to inquire of them, what is actually going on here? For so many days, the army of Israel had stood back and watched the spectacle and listened and there was fear in their hearts. But here's a young man who walks up and he says, I'll go. And his brothers begin to tell him to be quiet and do all sorts of things, thinking that he's trying to draw attention to himself. But finally, they take him to Saul. And Saul, after a while, also agrees to let him go. And so what they do is they put on Saul's armor. But David said, I'll have none of this. I'll tell you why he said that. Because if David had walked down to face Goliath and were dressed in the armor of Saul, the army would have said, there goes the representative of Saul. But David said, I have none of that. I go in the name of the living God. You see, I want to tell you something. This little man, the Bible said he was good looking, walks down and faces this heathen with absolute confidence. He knew that God was able to deliver him into his hands. He knew that before he even got down there. So you know the story. He goes down to the brook, puts five little pebbles into his whatever, puts one into the whatever, the slingshot, and he, and he stands in front of this giant. And the next minute he goes, whoosh, 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 zing, whoosh. That's it. And then while he's lying down, he just goes and takes his own sword and saps his head off right there. Can you imagine what must have happened? The look on everybody's face when they saw this. Who's this dude? They must have said. But let me tell you where David's success started. David's success started in the fields tending the sheep. You see, a lot of us want to stand in front with a microphone in our hand and have a whole lot to say. And then we wonder why it doesn't happen when we get going. But let me tell you something. When you have a heart like David did and, and minister, to the Holy, minister to the Holy God in the field where nobody saw you, whoo! That's where his preparation, that is where he positioned himself for a glorious encounter such as this. His victory was already established in the fields. You see, my friend, I want you to understand this, that you might only be, you might only consider yourselves right now hanging around in the fields, but that's maybe that's where God wants you to be. Find joy in that place right now, because that's where we position ourselves for glory. 
It's maybe in a place where nobody sees you right now. Maybe you're sitting here today and you have this passion and this hunger in your heart to see the glory of God manifest through you. Maybe there are so many prophetic words, so many words that God has spoken to you and those promises don't seem to have come to pass yet. I want to encourage you to hold on to the word that dwells on the inside of you. For soon, hello. So you might just be sitting at the back there and nobody recognizes the gift that God has given you. It's okay. It's okay. What you do at the back there is raise your heart to Him and worship Him. You raise your heart where you're at and give Him glory. Don't worry about running to the front. Stay where you are. Hello. Tend the sheep where you're at. For it's there where God begins to quicken your spirit. It's there where God begins to get all rid of all that stuff that would hinder you from walking in the glory that is Jesus. So you have to pay a price. You have to be willing to pay a price. David becomes king, but he didn't know that at the time. But all he did is honored God in the field. Gave him all the best position right now that you and I could attain is in the field ministering to the most holy God. Sitting in his presence, ministering to him, honoring him, living our lives in such a way that he brings, I mean, he just receives all the honor, all the honor, all the honor that you just give to him. Describe to him. See, some of us want to be out in the front, but God says, position yourself for at the right time, I will bring you out of the field. I will bring you out of that place. I will bring you out of that secret place. Hello? <laughs> that place of honor, that place of victory. And I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to cause you to walk in my life. I'm going to walk, cause you to walk in my life-giving power. I'm going to cause the authority that I am that manifests in you to come forth at the right moment. You see, God wants this congregation to prepare themselves for an encounter with God. God wants you to prepare your hearts corporately, individually and corporately. God wants you to prepare your heart for an encounter with the living God. Somebody say amen. amen. Or say who, aha. God wants you to prepare yourself. He, he's saying position yourself. I'm not asking you to add anything more. I'm not asking you for another agenda. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you to plan anything. I'm, all I'm asking you is to open your heart. Positioned heart is an open heart. I want you to open your heart to me. Run into my presence. Say, Daddy, my Father, position yourself for glory. You see, some of us think that we need to do something. You don't need to do anything but this, that you would worship him in spirit and in truth. That's all I want. Mark, that's too simple. There must be more. I'm sure you have to do step one, step two, and step three. Well, if you want to do step one, step two, and three, it's fine. Do that. If that, if that tickles you, do it. But right now, all that God is asking you to do is stand still in my presence and allow me to complete the good thing that I've started in you. I'm not saying that we stop this and we stop. I'm not just, I'm not saying that. Obviously, there are good things that you're busy with and there are things that are necessary. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about you preparing your heart for an encounter with the living God. Isn't that the desire of your heart? Don't you want to see him high and lifted up? Don't you want to see him manifest his life through you? Don't you want to see the power of God touch you, change you, heal you, restore you? And, and, and don't you want to see the power of God begin to flow through your life and touch individuals around you? Don't you want to see your neighbors blessed? 
their lives changed because of what God is doing. And all you're doing is positioned yourself for glory. And next minute, your neighbor comes knocking on your door, tears running down their face and saying, I want what you have. And you haven't even opened your mouth yet. I'm hungry for him. I'm hungry for him. David was hungry. And all that he did was imagine that 24-7, this is all this guy is doing, is praising God, lifting his voice to the most holy one. His eyes were focused on him. He wasn't busy about with anything else. See, church, this might sound a little harsh, but we've become a people that are very busy with a lot of things that have no value to the kingdom of God. Now, you might not want to hear that, but it's the truth. We've got all sorts of things that are going right now, and we think that it pleases God, and yet God says it's an abomination to me. This, what I'm about to tell you, has no reflection on your worship team whatsoever. A little while ago, well, should I say a couple of years ago, I was a church in a church back in Florida, 5,000 people in that congregation, and I just happened to walk in early in the morning. I, I, I don't know why I was there that early. I can't remember. And I sat in front, right in the front. The worship team was up, t- up top, and they were preparing themselves for the morning service. Nobody else was in the building except the sound people at the back, me over here and these guys. And they were a wonderful team. Oh, the guy behind the piano, oh, he was the worship leader. I like to call it the ministry leader. But he was standing there and he was telling the guy with the drum a little boom boom there and with a bass guitar a little bit yeah boom boom and all the ladies that stood in front six of them all dressed in the same clothes oh they look pretty man the whole thing from that side just looked so good and when they began to play wow man these guys really the sound was brilliant it was mm, to the trained ear you could hear these guys knew what they were doing but then the Lord said this to me he said son what do you see going on here and I knew this was something that I wasn't going to be able to answer and I said Lord what do you mean and I began to try and attempt to answer that and he said he said this I want to tell you something you hearing a sound and you're seeing something you're looking with a natural eye but what I hear right now is an abomination to me and I said God what are you talking about he said their hearts are far from me you see we go through the process we go through the motions we look all good on the outside. Oh, and those people sitting out there, they think, oh, how beautiful. Oh. But in the meantime, our hearts are far from God. So the Lord said to me, call them forward, call them down. Yes, I did that. And he said, I want to tell, tell them exactly what I told you. And so I did it. <laughs> you have to be brave to do something like that. Because within seconds of me telling them, the word of God manifested right there. That guy that was behind the piano, did he get angry with me? Oh my goodness. He stormed out the building and he manifested. You see, God says you could make all the, what seemingly all the right noises. But if you haven't positioned yourself, hello, then all that you're doing is making noises. We think it's worship and the untrained ear might think it sounds good, but God says their hearts are far from me. So as you position yourself this day, God's saying position your heart. Position your heart for a glorious encounter with God. Amen. Sounds a little harsh, no? A couple of years ago, I was ministering in a church. They had a Wednesday night service and... um, 
I had brought a friend of mine from South Africa, and uh, the two of us were in our hotel room. Just, man, what an amazing time we had in the presence of God. We, for four hours, we were just weeping and ministering to the Lord, and time went by so quickly. But just before the evening service, around about 5.36 the evening, I said to him, hey, brother, we need to get ready. The service starts in a little while. And so he ran on to his room, and the two of us, when we were done, came walking out and went through the reception holding each other. And we looked like two guys that had been drinking a little bit more than we should have. I can just till today imagine what that girl at the reception desk must have thought because she knew who we were. We looked like two drunk guys walking out the place. When he got into the car, I remember Andre's face against the window like this. And I still said to him with tears running down my face, I said, you know, if the cops see us now, we're in trouble, man. We're in trouble. So we drive down New Gali Boulevard, up US 1, up the 95, I just couldn't find the church building. Two of us are crying like babies, just continuing the presence of God. Listen to this. Finally, I pull into a, a parking lot and I said this, I said, Lord, you really need to help us right now because we've got to be at this church in a couple of minutes and I don't know where this place is. And when I opened my eyes, I happened to be in the church parking lot. <laughs> so the two of us walked into that place I just can't tell you what happened that day except it was the most glorious experience. Tears. I mean, I could hardly greet the pastor. When they finally handed the microphone over to me, I got up and went and sat behind the piano. And I just did what I love doing and that just ministering to the Lord. And the presence of God on the, pulpit, on the platform was amazing. My friend was lying on the floor here. Yeah, there was about 20 of my friends that had followed me in that area that were also in that meeting. They were lying on the floor all over the place. And the congregation was sitting in their chairs, just looking at the spectacle. So there was a moment, and I said this to them. I, I, I'd finished playing the piano that time. And I got behind the pulpit. And the presence of God, if you ever get that DVD, you'll see me standing like this I just couldn't move from that place and I said to the folks there I said would you mind let us just reverence God for a minute let's just get on our knees in his presence and nobody moved in the building whoa <laughs> I thought well, no I'll get it <laughs> you're not supposed to lie <laughs> that's what my wife normally does thank you Jesus that was funny. Nobody, nobody got off their chairs. 2,000 people sitting in front of me and not one person got off their chair. And I thought, well, maybe they never heard me. And I said it again, louder this time. I said, would you mind doing me a favor? Let's just get on our knees just for a moment. Just let's embrace the presence of God. Let's just do it right. And I heard the people literally sighing as some of them began to move and they all got off their chairs and got on their knees half-heartedly. It wasn't 10 seconds later when half of them were already back up sitting on their chairs again. And at that very moment, I felt we had grieved the heart of God. And the Lord, I just began to sense the presence of God lifting. And, I, and again, if you get that DVD or CD, you'll hear me shouting, Lord, not now. And God said this to me. He said, son, 
He says, if I am not welcome in this place, neither are you. Put the microphone down and leave the building. Whoa. Mm, I began to cry. And I asked the Lord, not now. Jesus said, put the microphone down. And I got off the pulpit and I walked to the pastor and I put the microphone in his hand and I left the building. And I can remember a lady that was with me began to cry and shout and she grabbed my ankle and says, Brother Mark, not now. Andre, I got him and the two of us left the building and all these other folk that were with me got up and walked with me. That pastor got up and turned around and told everybody that the evangelist from Africa hadn't prepared a message. And he began to speak against me in that community. And um, it is okay. I knew that I had done what God had called me to do. A couple of days later, I happened to be in a meeting which just was across the road. Now, if you ever get down to Florida and you go to Melbourne and you get the, to meet Pastor Joe and Sheila Polizzi, what? Whew, when they sit around a table and just begin to pray and thank God for the food that's before them, you, they begin to weep, man. The presence of God settles in that place. Uh, like you've never, I mean, you, I mean, whoever sits around you are so aware of Jesus. You're just praying for a slice of toast and you become so aware of him. People begin, you just begin to weep in his presence. I mean, these two people, I just love them with all my heart. When you walk in that house, you sense the presence of God there. You know what I'm talking about. So when I get to Pastor Joe's church that evening, we're singing and doing our thing and the next minute he hands the microphone to me and as he did that, the two of us fall on the floor and we lay there till 12.30 that evening when the cops walk into the building to come and see where, because some of the children had phoned the cops and said we can't get hold of our parents, the cops came to the last known address which happened to be the church and they found 400 people lying on the floor, no one moving. Some folks that did try to leave the building were halfway out of the door. Some of them were on the pavement, lying on the floor. Some old ladies, leopard crawling out the building. Some were lying in the car park over the steering wheel, doors wide open. Nobody could leave the place. On the one side of the street, they rejected him. On the other side, they positioned themselves for a glorious encounter with God. Today, I won't mention who, what, and how, but that pastor is no longer in ministry. The 2,000 people and the building were sold, gone, finished. There's nothing left of that work. You see, you stand and you want to speak against my servant. You want to stand and speak against and you want to judge, meantime, your own hearts. So God is saying to you tonight, I want to demonstrate my glory here. I want you to have an amazing, glorious encounter with me. So set aside your agendas. Set aside your plans and your ambitions. Set aside everything that would hinder you from accessing the fullness of all that I am. Become passionate about me. Run after me every meeting that you can gather together. We don't gather just to hear another word. We gather because we're in love with him. He is the reason we live. I was not created for any other reason but to bring glory and honor to my father. When Jesus came to this earth, he did what? He said, I came to bring glory to my father. That was his mission, to bring glory 
to his father. He positioned himself for a glorious encounter with his father. Where does Jesus sit today? At the right hand, a position of honor. Because he positioned himself for glory. When Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, that's the best position, man. A surrendered heart is the best position you and I can attain today. Jesus hung on that cross, positioned himself for glory. He gave up his life. Third day, God rose his son up from the dead. Hallelujah. Today, he's sitting at the right hand of our heavenly father. And when you go and check out Revelations, the 24 elders bow in his presence and say, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. Holy is he who sits on the throne. What an amazing Christ we serve. What an amazing God we serve. So who would want not to position themselves to have an encounter with the living God? Not me. I'm ready, Jesus. Whatever you want to do, whatever it takes, whatever needs to be shaved away, whatever needs to be removed, whatever is hindering, whatever is a hindrance, whatever is a blockage, whatever it takes, be glorified right here. Be glorified right here. Let my life be an exhibition of who you are. See, I'm not trying to impress you tonight. I'm not the best speaker. I'm not the best preacher. I'm not the best of anything. And I'm not just saying that it's some false humility. No, that's not true. But I know who Jesus is. I know who he is. And I've seen the results of pointing people to Christ. I've seen countless lives changed by the name of the living God. Because we're pointing people to Him. And as you sit here tonight, God is calling you by His Spirit. I want to take you deeper. I want to take you deeper, deeper, deeper into my presence. I want you to feel my embrace. I don't know about you, but I don't just want to sing songs. I don't want it just to come out. I want, if He wants to embrace me, then I want to be embraced. That lady who had the issue of blood, she positioned herself for a glorious encounter. She didn't stand on the sidelines. She pressed in. She would never have been healed if she didn't press in. Maybe you, if you're a desperate tonight, friend, then press in. That's all I'm encouraging you to do. Press in. Press in beyond what others consider a boundary line. In Matthew chapter 20, the two blind guys in Jericho, they heard that the master was going by. Man, they positioned themselves for a glorious encounter with the living God. They shouted out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And you know what the church or the people of the day did? They said, shh, be quiet. Don't do that. Don't disturb the master. Don't you know who he is? Yes, we do. Lord, they said, the Bible says, excuse my excitement. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And you know what Jesus says? Bible says Jesus had compassion on them. They had positioned themselves for a glorious encounter. And what did he do? He touched their eyes. And boy, they could see. See, God is saying to you this day that I'm taking the simple things, those things that men consider irrelevant and unimportant and of no value, 
God says, I'm taking those things to confound the wisdom of the wise. You might be sitting here today and people around you might think, you, you, they, they're, not, they're not as important. They're not of such value. But God says, that's not true. I died on the cross of Calvary because I think you have great value. You might be going through a struggle tonight. Things in your life might not be working out the way you've hoped and wished for. Things might not have always worked out for you. You might not have always had the best deal. You might be suffering from rejection. You might not have experienced the true love of a mother and a father. Maybe you're crying out today for all sorts of things and you don't know what you're looking for. And you're grabbing at this and you're grabbing at that. But I want to tell you tonight, if you position yourself, you say, Mark, I don't have much faith right now to position myself for anything. No, my friend, that's not true. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, it's all you need. It's all you need today to be healed, to be restored, to be delivered, to be changed. What others would say, no good will come out of Nazareth. <laughs> no good will come out of you. No good will come out of your situation. No good will come out of that thing. No good, no good will come out of that marriage. No good, listen, they said no good will come out of Nazareth. And look what happened. So today, it's not about what man thinks. I don't care what people think of me. I mean it. There was a time that I did because I suffered from rejection, man, big time. It was important, so I tried to gain their attention and do all sorts of stuff that they would just like me. But I didn't understand that. I didn't need to do that. All I needed to do is position myself for glory. Hallelujah position myself so that he could touch me. My daddy, he was a, he's still alive, but back in those days, daddy was quite a wealthy man. Huh? We as kids, we had a good time. Dad, my dad built the church and he bought his first Jaguar in 1973. Cash, whoo, glory. Now, he never placed emphasis on all that stuff, but people around us did. I can remember some of the things they would say about that, the Labashane boys and all the stuff. One day, as, as young boys, we had to go and be part of all the meetings. And... Uh, I used to hate this Tuesday evening prayer meeting as a 12-year-old. I thought it was boring. We had to go because my dad had, he was the vice chairman in those days. We had church boards. So daddy was the vice chairman. And uh, we used to sit right where you are on the second row. Mom used to wear a hat with a hat pin from here to ash flat. <laughs> I mean, whoa, man. We were three boys. We weren't allowed to make a sound in the church. We had to be on our best behavior. If my little brother made a noise, I promise you, mom would stick it in his butt and out on the other side of mine. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Catch all three of us at the same time. <laughs> Thank God we don't wear hats in the churches anymore. Hello. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, it came a little late. <laughs> anyway, 
It was in one of those boring prayer meetings that I noticed this, by the way, just uh, digressing a little. I noticed that when the pastor stopped praying, the prayer meeting was over. Now, because of the position my dad had, after the service, we would go into the pastor's house next door and get all the tea and cookies and all that wonderful stuff. Not the other members of the church, just... So I look forward to that time. But it was in one of those boring prayer meetings in 1972 that this little boy stood up and said, Jesus, if you are true, if you are the Son of God, then I raise my heart to you this day and ask you to come touch my life. At that moment, I positioned myself for an encounter with God. I didn't know what I was doing back then. But in an instant, in the same way as the fire of God fell upon that altar with Elijah, the fire of God fell upon this 12-year-old and filled me with his spirit. Nobody told me to say that, that, that. It just came. Hallelujah. Ooh, what an encounter I had. For four hours, mom and dad was already next door. The prayer meeting was over. For four and a half hours, this boy was rolling, laughing, jumping, singing, doing whatever I could in the presence of God. Just could not get enough of him. For four weeks it went on, tears just running down my face. Had an amazing encounter with God, an encounter that has kept me for 43 years of my life. But even during all that time, things didn't always work out as I had planned. But one thing that I desired from that moment on is that people would see Jesus in me. Did I get it right all the time? No. But I learned that when I position myself, it's no longer about me, it's about him. I didn't have to try, I tried to do all sorts of things to get his attention. I tried to do all sorts of things to get people to see what I desired. In the meantime, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. All I had to do is raise my heart to him. Raise my heart to him and minister to him and worship in his presence and allow him to heal my heart, to deliver me, to set me free and cause me to be a man after his own heart today. What about you, friend? As you sit there, I won't keep you much longer. As you sit there tonight, maybe you're not exactly in that place where you're ready. Maybe you're not quite positioned. Maybe your business has kept you very busy. Maybe your family members have kept you very busy. Maybe something else has kept you very busy and you're not quite at that place where God wants you to be. Tonight, he says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But all I want you to do is position your heart. Position your heart and I'll come and do the rest. Just come. Just come. Mark, that's too simple. No. I tried, I tried the hard way. I'm giving you the easy way. The easy way is to come to him. Just come to him. Just come to him and love on him and allow his fullness to manifest in you. Don't you want him to display his glory through your life? Don't you want to be a vessel, a temple of the most holy God that brings glory and honor to him? Do you truly know who resides on the inside of you? I love the whole British monarchy thing. 166 years, 1,066 years, sorry, of history. I love that whole deal. 
Queen Elizabeth, when you get invited into to meet with her, to come into the court, the palace court, I mean, you have to be somebody of standing, right standing. She invited you. Oh. Oh. You can't just walk into Buckingham Palace and say, hey, Queen, here I am. No, it doesn't work that way. But if you do get invited, all the ladies would dole themselves up. Or you go look for a dress. Hey, an excuse anyway to get a nice one. Hey, ladies, you would do the, you would do everything in your power to make sure that you are dressed for the occasion. You gentlemen sitting here, you would make sure that you are dressed for the occasion. When you get to stand in front of her, you do the whole, whole thing. There's a whole thing that you have to go through. You're even trained and taught. You are told how to do it before it happens. So you are prepared for this encounter. You've prepared yourself for this encounter. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to visit with you. If you said to me, Mark, I want you to come to my home tonight and come and have a meal with me. We were invited to some precious folk in the house last night to their house. They prepared everything. When we got there, we were sitting in the lounge and all we had to do is come and eat where we were called to eat. Everything was ready, prepared. You see, when, when Jesus says, I'm coming to visit with you, we prepare ourselves for glory. We prepare ourselves in prayer. We do everything that we can to ensure that the table is presented in such a way that it brings glory to our guest, brings honor to our guest. Let your life be prepared in the same way. Position your heart this day. Say, God, whatever you want to do, I want you to do it through me. I'm a simple little man. My only ambition is to love him. All that I desire is to love on him. I have nothing else, no other plan, no other agenda. I've given up everything I own except my little car. I have nothing else. I've given it all up in honor of what he's doing in my heart. Just stand in front of you today. What a privilege. Say, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Position yourself for glory. Position yourself for an encounter with God, individually and corporately. Because I am doing something in you right now, says the Lord, that will revolutionize your understanding of who I am. For there have been things that you've had to go through and endure, even in your own home and in relationships and things around you, haven't always been the way that you would hope for. But God says, even through all this, you have constantly stood on my word and trusted in my divine ability. And because of your faithfulness this day, I will heal your heart and restore, and you would see the goodness of God manifest in you, the likes of which you never thought was possible. Don't entertain the things that are destructive. Don't entertain those things that would pull you down. But you know that I have placed my word on the inside of you. Therefore, this day, entertain me. And as your eyes are focused on me, you will see me high and lifted up. You will see me high and lifted up. 
and that we will embrace each other, says the Lord, and my heart would be your heart, and my will will be your will. Your heart will be my heart, and your will will be my will. <laughs> and we shall be one, says the Lord. Amen? And we, will, and we will grow in the glory. You will grow in the glory and the goodness and the kindness of God would manifest in you. And even those around you that have even caused words, said things that have hurt you. God says, I will cause healing to come from within you and touch their hearts and touch their lives and change, 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 change. Just position yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare your heart, that's all I'm asking you. When, you when, when God looks at you, sir, what's your name? Ordell, when God looks at you, he says, son, I'm so proud of you. So proud of your heart. You judge on the outside. God says, I don't. I see the finished work of the cross in your heart and your life. And this day, the Lord would say to you, son, if you would embrace me, I will take you on, in it, on a journey that would amaze you. <laughs> I will take you to places that you never thought you would go. You would find yourself in areas that you never expected. For God says, I'm about to do something on the inside of those who position themselves. Will you be one of those, says the Lord. Ask God. He says, would you be one of those? Mm. Tonight God's asking you, would you be one of those that would position yourself? Young man, God loves you so much. You are the most important person to him. When he looks at you, he says, you are the most important to me. He said, when I died on the cross of Calvary, I had your name on my lips. I gave my life for you that you might live, that you might know my father, <laughs> that you might know his heart concerning you. So come, 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 bow in my presence. Come and be healed. Come and be restored, young people. I used to be as sorry. I used to be as <clears throat> I used to be as good looking as you and as young as you were. Believe it, don't laugh, it's true. But you see, even at your age, God's challenging you to pursue his heart. Pursue his heart so that his goodness in you would come. That your agenda would be God's agenda. That you would run after him with all your heart, chase after him, be diligent in seeking him so that his life would manifest and flow through you. You deserve the best and God is it. Chase after your own plans, your own dreams, son, they'll come to nothing. But if you run after him, hmm, there's no stopping you. And so this morning when I saw you get into that green car and, and, and we just smiled as you drove by and God says, I have a plan for that young man. I have a plan that as far, I don't know who you are and who's your parents, but I'm telling you something. Oh, is this your daddy? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want to tell you, son, what's your name? Miles, come here. I can't get to you, I don't know. Miles. All right, now we know your name. My name's Mark. He said, he said son, when, when you drove past this morning, I said to Andy, check how cool that is. You, you drove away and you were fiddling there with the radio and blah, blah, blah. But I saw, I saw the angels of the living God pursuing your heart. And he said, the Lord would say, said, tell him this, that my plan for his life supersedes the agenda of his heart. So I want to encourage you today, don't miss out. Don't miss out what God has for you, son. At the age of 16, 16, 
18. Where well, I used to be 18 to you. At this tender age, God is saying to you at this time, don't want you to miss out. There are so many young men in this nation that are all over the place, man. God doesn't want that for you. So he's saying, pursue me with all your heart, son, and you will see increase and multiplication, and you will see the glory that is God increase on the inside of you that would amaze the hearts and lives of those who stand around you. For I have placed my word on the inside of your heart, and the fire of my spirit burning on the inside of you will cause the word, my son, that I've placed on the inside of you to draw the hearts of men to me. I believe that you will be a second generation minister here. I see out of this family, God's the anointing that God has placed on your daddy will increase and multiply on you, son. And you will see that God will say, I'll send you to places that you never thought you would go. You would travel and you would see my word manifest in such an amazing way. It would transform the hearts and lives of those that I'll send you to. But God says, if you position yourself, if you position yourself, So, I would just say, Daddy, whatever you desire in me, let it come. Let it come. Let it come. Amen. Good looking boy, man. Hallelujah. Father, bless his heart. I'm not going to be ministering to everybody tonight, so I'll encourage you to come. Who knows, tomorrow might be your turn. Can I walk around? Do you think we can give it a go? But when I looked at you a minute ago, oh, there's a, there's a burning desire inside of you. Things haven't always worked out the way we've been planned. And, you know, sometimes been a real mess. Relationships, even in your life, hasn't always worked out for you. And you've sought you and you've run after that. You've tried this and you've tried that. And nothing has worked out for you. You've even gone to your wife and said, why is my life such a mess? What is going on? Everything I try seems to come to nothing. Oh, my son. Oh, my son. My precious son. (laughs) If you only know the heart of the one speaking to you, not me, him, speaking to you this day. All I want you to do is position yourself for an encounter with the most holy God. And as of this day, I speak, declare, and prophesy this truth over you. You will never be the same again. God says, not only will you see that I will have taken care of, but I've leveled the playing field. And I'm causing my heart to manifest in you the likes of which you never thought was possible. Because in you, there's a hunger to know him. These things that I'm speaking about is the desire of your heart. And he says, I see that, my son, and, and it's I who've placed that desire in you. So stand still. I have set the fire. I have set it. I have set the word. I have set everything. I have set it ablaze. You stand still and burn. Just burn. Just burn in my presence. Burn. For out of your heart will flow rivers of living water (laughs) that will cause the hearts and lives of many to know the love that is Jesus. I'll tell you something right now. I see a man embracing hearts, loving people with a renewed love, the love that only comes from his throne. Because today God says, I set you free. That rejection that you've been walking around with, 
Could I ask you to stand for a moment? Could you? What's your name, sir? Oh, oh, oh that's your fault. <laughs> Mark with a C. See my love, son. See my love today. I'm telling you this today. God says, as of this moment, you will no longer suffer with the rejection that you've been walking around in your heart for all this time. For I love and embrace you and find you acceptable, an acceptable, fragrant offering that brings glory and honor to me. Mark with a C, this is your day. This is your day. This is the day you've been waiting for. This is the day that you've been running after. This is the day that you've been looking for. And our master comes today and he stands in front of you, his son, and says, my son, my son, my son, my son. And he just packs himself on you and just loves you, loves you, loves you. And so from this place, his love would flow through your heart, through your life, cause others to know the true love, the Father's heart. For this day, God says, that's who you will be known as, a man who has a heart after God. Amen. I bless you. Bless you. Bless you. You got a new husband right here. Thank you for being faithful. For encouraging him sometimes not it being easy for you sometimes it's packed it on you but you've loved him through it all God honors you for that mighty woman of God you have great value in the kingdom of God God says I place great value on your life great value so today you have a new man Yeehaw courtesy of Ed Jones he's bad he taught me that today it's a new day Who? what's your relationship Ooh, he's my dad how proud is he and you are he's my stepdad hallelujah step on dad stepdad with a C I love that what, what's your name cousin Kale is that with a C or a K Ooh, hallelujah. See, 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 see. I see, senor. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Kale with a C. Mighty man of God. Increase, son. Increase in the wisdom and knowledge that is Jesus. I speak that word into your heart this day that you will, you will be a man after God's own heart. You would manifest the goodness that is Christ. Let me tell you, through your life, people will just see that goodness flow out of you because you're a good man great potential. What's your name, sir? Colin, with a C as well. Oh my goodness. Don't tell me you also got a C in your name. Oh, bummer. What what can I say? (laughs) God's healing hearts today. Don't, Don't look in the wrong place. Don't look around the wrong boxes. Stand still. God's knocking at your heart door. And all he's saying, if you would open the door, I will come in and reside on the inside of you and all that confusion, son, that you've been walking around with for so long. One minute you want to be here, the next minute you want to be there, you want to do this, you want to do that. (laughs) 
God says today, if you respond to the knocking and open the door of your heart, I will come in and we will visit with one another. And my life would manifest in you, Colin. So just open your heart, son. Open up to him. Give me a hand. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mark with a K. I told you yesterday that um, we are the only two perfect guys in the house. <laughs> Psalm 37, 37 says, Mark, the perfect man. <laughs> no, that's just a joke between us, okay? But listen, Mark, when I saw you and your wife yesterday, I saw such potential in the kingdom of God. A passion in your hearts to know him more and to do more. But God says, I don't want you to do anything more, but stand on my word. For God says, I'm doing a new thing in your life right now that is radically going to revolutionize your understanding of who I am. I'm going to expose myself to you in such a revolutionary way that, son, I see you locked in your room for hours upon hours in the presence of the living God. For God says there's much change that is coming to your heart, to your life, to your home, to your family. God says you will be known as an influencer of hearts because I will cause influence to come not only in the natural and the physical but also financially. <laughs> There's some increase that's coming your way right now that is just going to be for the kingdom's sake, not your sake. But son, I want your heart. I want your heart to be set on me. I want your heart to be focused on me because I'm jealous about you. I'm jealous about you. So position your heart, son, <laughs> and you will see the goodness of God manifest in you in such a unique, radical way. You know, when you came and gave me a hug this morning, oh, the love that is Jesus is flowing on the inside of you. There are many things that you've been praying for and waiting for and have wondered when and how, but God says, son, just stand still. Get the patience <laughs> that I have caused to rise up on the inside of you. Draw your heart to me it's all about me it's not about what you want it's about what I want and I want you I want all of you everything that you are <laughs> to be focused on me God's mad in love with you honey you need to know that he's crazy about you so why should we not respond to him I love him like that am I pushing this thing too long for you I'm having fun and I want to come here, and I, and I did this early on. You know, stand with me, please, my sweetheart. What's your name? Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. Just put your back, your back to them. There we go. My girl, I want to say this to you. When I was sitting over there, and I asked Andy who that was, and she said, that's the pastor's daughter. At that moment, at that moment, I sensed the heart of God go out to you such an amazing, amazing way. My sweetheart, I want to say this to you. I'm honored to stand in front of you this day and tell you that God is so proud of that which has been accomplished in you. But listen to me, good old American, that you ain't seen nothing yet. Because God says what I'm doing through you, my child, mm, would be an exhibition of glory. 
God says, I will cause, Dad tells me how you play the trumpet and do all the sorts of stuff that you do. But God says, there's nothing compared to what is going to be done in and through your life. You will accomplish so much for him. So we want to say this to you. Come here, Masuro. We salute you today and tell you we're proud to stand in front of you and tell you that God says, I am proud and pleased of that which has been accomplished in you. But you ain't seen nothing yet. So today, all we ask you to do is position yourself, honey. Position yourself so that which God is doing in you would come to fruition in such a radical way that you would be astounded. In the next 20 years of your life, you're going to look back and remember this day and won't believe what you have accomplished or what God has accomplished through you. So the Lord will say together, as we hold hands, God and you, I will take you on a journey <laughs> that would cause my life to flow through your heart, through your life in such a unique way. And I'm seeing right now the rivers of living water flowing and increasing and multiplying in and through your life, Kennedy, to such a radical degree that Jesus be glorified in all that you are. Because right now, he says, you're standing in a position of honor, great value in the kingdom of God. So we're proud of you. So can we put our hands on you? Come, honey. Father, we just stretch out your hands to this precious girl. Would you do that? Father, in Jesus' name, whew, increase and multiply in her. Hallelujah. I speak, declare, and prophesy this truth in her heart and her life this day. That thank you, Father God, that the transformation process would be radical and unique and bring glory to you. I thank you, Father God, that there is nothing hindering her from accomplishing the very things that you have birthed in her heart. And as of this day, we thank you for the release that comes. We thank you for the word of God that dwells on the inside of her and the truth that liberates her understanding and the knowledge that will flow forth in her life right now will radically transform her understanding of who Jesus is on the inside of her. So we love you. We bless you, Jesus, and we thank you for all that you're doing in Kennedy's heart and life right now. Amen. God bless you. By the way, mom and dad are very proud of you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So would you stand with me, if you don't mind? Where's the brother behind the piano? Thank you. That young man over there with a coat, come here, son. You, yeah, 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 come here. Mighty man of God, prophet of the most holy God, come here. Yeah, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Mm. What was your name again, son? Dylan. Dylan. Woo. Hey, check him out, check him out, check him out. Did you shave yet, Dylan? Not yet. <laughs> Stand still. I want, I'm trying to turn you around. Did you? There we go. Precious young man, the Lord said to me this morning to tell you that I've called you as a servant of the most holy God. I've called you, and I listen to this, I've called you as a mouthpiece, a voice in the wilderness. You will be known as a prophet, a servant of the most holy God, for the Lord would say that the power of God that reigns on the inside of you, son, mm, 
will cause hearts to turn to me. For the sound of your voice will be a very sound that I have placed on the inside of you. And I will cause life to manifest in the hearts and lives of those who I send you to. The Lord says this to you today. Prepare your heart, son. You know that after the service this morning, he came up to and said, Pastor, what an amazing service. <laughs> I just love that about it. Courage. God says, there is so much courage that I placed in you, son, that you will be able to stand in front of men. You will be able to stand in front of kings and you will speak the word of God. And the Lord says, it will be life-changing to those who not only I send you to, but those who hear and receive. God says it'll happen. So you will see. But listen to me, you're on an interesting path because what God is doing in you right now is going to cause much change on the inside of you. Lots of hard work ahead, but not for you. God's going to do the work. You just surrender, son. So I want you to raise your hands right now. Say, Jesus, I surrender to your plan in my life. Would you say that? Say, Jesus, I surrender to your plan in my life. And that's it. And I want you to remember those words. And Father, today, in the name of Jesus, touch Dylan's heart. Touch his life. (laughs) May the very power of Jesus, the standard of heaven, manifest through this heart and this life in such a unique, powerful way that he would never recognize himself in Jesus' wonderful, wonderful, wonderful name. Bless you, son. Just raise your hearts, raise your hands for a moment. Pastor, would you come stand here with your wife? Just play something there, my brother, please, if you don't mind. In Jesus' name, today we come, Father God, to you, a people positioning ourselves for glory. We choose this day to honor you in this place. We raise holy hands to you. I declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is, who was, and is to come. Holy is he who sits on the throne. Listen, my sweetheart, won't you go? I want you to sing that song again for us. I want you to sing that song in a minute. Holy is he who sits on the throne. Friend, if you're in this house tonight, you can just for a moment, you keep your hands raised. Say, Father, just as a sign of my hunger, my passion for you tonight, I cry out to you, holy God. Let him hear the cry of your voice right now. Cry out to him tonight. Say, Father, we're desperate for an encounter with you, God. Individually and corporately in this house, we're hungry for you, God. We're hungry for you, God. We're hungry for you, God. Tonight, I see God touching hearts in this place, healing and restoring and delivering and setting free as you cried, holy, holy, holy is the living God tonight. I believe the Lord is setting you free in Jesus' name. Raise that music, brother. All to you. All to you, Jesus, and I, I surrender all to you, all to you. 
Father God, tonight we surrender all to you, Jesus. We surrender our hearts to you. <laughs> we surrender our hearts to you, Jesus. Come, come in glory. Come in glory tonight, Jesus. Come, come, God. Come, come, come. Your people are hungry, Lord. We're hungry, Jesus. We're hungry, Jesus. Just take the time to sing the song with me, please. You ready? Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. If you want to go on your knees where you are, you're welcome. If you want to sit, you're welcome. If you want to lie on the floor, you're welcome. If you want to remain standing, do so. Whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do right now, let's do that. Amen. As we surrender. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Holy, holy. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, singing holy. out holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. Rolls of 